Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Workplace Revolution and I'm your host Sile Polani. Joining me on today's show is Jacqueline Joyce who is a writer and the co-producer of Crescendo and uh, she's also a fellow at one of the most prestigious writing fellowships in the U.S. called Disruptors. Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. So what I want to talk about yeah. today is um, black people and the and young black people in particular and the responsibility that we feel when it comes to taking care of our loved ones. But before we get into that part of the conversation, won't you please just tell um, our listeners a little bit about your background, your professional background, um, so that they can get to know you a little bit better? Sure, sure. So um, what I first want to do is start out by telling you guys that I... Um, I always set it on the word. Sorry, also, so. Um, but I was born in, in the city of Los Angeles. So, um, storytelling and TV and film has always been something that um, has intrigued me since child. Could. And so I eventually and going off to college where I ended up coming to the conclusion that because I stutter, and especially at that time, my stutter was so severe that um, were I to end up working in the television and film and in History, the best place would most likely be behind the the camera. So I um, started to get into screen writing, which which finally gave me this voice that I now knew I was not exercising. Mm. And so um, that was a really huge revelation for me. And then um, later on, after school, I ended up moving to New, New York because I'd always wanted to live and so on, and and so New York is really where I ended up finding my 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 voice. Mm. For a short stint, I even um, did some um, 
stand-up work, mm-hmm. which for me was like the scariest thing ever. But stand-up really forced me to figure out what sharing my, my thoughts meant mm-hmm. and like not not just writing them. Mm. And so that was really such a um, such an eye-opening moment. Mm. And uh, for a while, I also worked with a foundation that helps people who stutter. And then I ended up traveling the 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 world, like mm. meeting many other people who who stutter and trying to build up that community. Community, mm. and I um, later ended up in, in the TV and film and in history again. Writing, of course, mm. and things were going really well. And then one night, I ended up getting a phone call. I was writing the subway mm. and I ended up getting a phone call that said something is wrong with your mom you need to fly home and I was just sort of like what do you mean something's wrong with my mom mm. and they were like no this is serious you need to fly home and so that call I got on a Saturday night and by Wednesday I had packed up my whole apartment and I ended up flying home. And by then is where I found out that um, so both my mother and my grandmother lived in my childhood home. Mm. And what I found out is that the furnace that we had was slowly emitting carbon monoxide. And so it was pretty much like slowly poisoning them mm. and it gave the, both of them it gave the, both of them dementia so okay so the furnace in your childhood home had over time been poisoning them with carbon monoxide and now both your mother and your grandmother were suffering from dementia yeah so, so that call, oh, what year did I move home? The year I moved home was in 2016. So from that time till now, I have been taking care of the both of them. Um, my grandmother ended up, ended up passing. Oh, and so now it's me taking me, me taking care of my my mom now. Mm. Are you an only child, Jacqueline? I am, yes. So what has this experience been like for you? I mean, you go from one minute being a young black woman living in New York, you know, you're working in the TV industry, you're, you know, doing doing the work that you're passionate about and that you enjoy. And with just one phone call, 
it literally changes yeah. everything that you thought was your plan. It was devastating, absolutely devastating. Um, it put me in a spiral for a good while. What I think a lot of people don't understand about dementia, especially, is that. So, so what I think people don't realize about dementia is that you're mourning your loved one twice. Mm. You're you're mourning them because the person that they were completely changes. Mm. So, like right now, I I I don't consider my mom to be my mom. So what I really had to do is sort of, you know, have my own personal funeral sort of for her. Mm. And then, you know, I will, of course, eventually lose her a second time when she does end up passing on. Mm. So it's really about coming to terms e- e- emotionally and psychologically with you know this being the new normal for how I I mourn my loved ones. Right. And what has it meant for you to I mean you know I think probably many people I know for myself as well many people who are, will be listening to this you know we've heard about dementia um, but what does it actually mean for you who lives with somebody who suffers from it every single day what does it look what does a typical day look like for you what is required of you when you think about practically taking care of your mom Right. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because it changes every day. Like every day I'm finding something new that she can no longer do herself. Mm. Like we're going through this thing right now that I'm really trying to figure out how to fix mm. where she's now forgotten how to flush the toilet. Mm. Like nothing's wrong with the toilet. Mm. She just literally when i tell her to flush it she has no idea what i'm saying mm. however since she doesn't know how to flush the toilet she also knows that the toilet shouldn't have you know residual um re- residual stuff left in right side of it and so she's uh, trying to figure out how to take whatever's in the toilet out of it mm. and so right and so now i'm really having to like monitor whenever she has potty time mm. which is also hard because you know she still considers herself a you know 63 
28-year-old woman. Right. And so she resents me for watching her all the time. Right. And so it's a very fine balance of me trying to not completely encroach, but also me trying to keep her safe. Mm. Mm. Um, and literally stuff like that is starting to happen more more and more now. Mm. I've now been taking care of my mom for about four years and I've seen a slow decline. However, since we've now been in quarantine, I see it speeding up a bit. Mm. I mean, I imagine that it is quite a heavy load to carry even for you from from an emotional and a mental point of view because there's so many things that you need to be processing on a daily basis whilst still actively taking care of her taking care of yourself making sure that she has everything that she needs so in terms of keeping your own sanity keeping yourself afloat with everything that's going on how have you been managing that It was honestly almost nearly impossible. Mm. Um, before, before the pan, before the pandemic, mm. my mom went to a senior center from about eight o'clock in the morning mm. to around one o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so that would give me about five, five hours where that would let me go work out mm. or, you know, do something for myself, whether I just wanted to like sleep in or mm. go get my, my nails done or mm. you know something mm. um which which was really helpful like I can honestly say that I did not know how helpful you know those few hours were until you don't get them anymore right um but you know small things like that the the gym and the friendships that I started to make with the people while working out mm. really lifted my spirits. Mm. And so really I just try to do as many small things for myself. Mm. Because most everything else is for her. Absolutely. And, you know... It <laughs> It leads me to then the question around, obviously, I mean, we, when we grow up, we, we know that at some point our parents are going to start aging, right? And at some point they're going to need 
us to help them with certain things, but none of us ever imagined it could be something like dementia or Alzheimer's or any of these types of conditions. Right. Um, and obviously we, we love our parents, so we are prepared, you know, mentally to do all of these things because we understand as part of the process. But in your situation, when it happens so much earlier, firstly, than you could have anticipated, yeah. But secondly, it happens in such a sudden way that it completely, you know, puts a halt to your plans and to your independence. Um, how do you navigate or are there any feelings of resentment um, or feeling like, you know, it isn't fair that you have to be dealing with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Um you know, I started taking care of her when I was 29. Mm. And so, like, right then and there, that was at the point where I felt like I was figuring life out. Like, I was like, mm. okay, I think I understand myself now. Mm. And, and I had started dating someone who I liked a lot and I was really hopeful for the future Mm. and all of that changed and I really the resentment that I had when I first moved here isn't as strong as it is not is not as strong Mm. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The resentment that I felt when I first moved home was way stronger than it is now. Because right. at that moment, I felt like everything was being taken from me. Right. All of the hard work, all of the hours working with, you know, all of these notable people. It was just all kind of washed away. Mm. And it was Taking care of my grandmother, more specifically, was extremely difficult because by the time I ended up moving home, she had no clue who I, who I was. Mm. And she wasn't nice. Mm. You know, uh, the dementia makes my mom become very child like mm-hmm. but it made my grandmother mean mm. and so you know at the time it was me living in this one house with these two people whose minds weren't weren't well mm. And at times it felt like I was going crazy right. or, or I felt so lonely mm. or like there was no one to mentally or emotionally build me back. Mm. Mm. 
And so I resented it a lot. I resented it a lot. Since I've been working so hard on my writing and trying to get noticed for it and try to, you know, veer my career into another direction, in, because writing is something that I can do from home, mm. I don't feel that resentment as strongly now. Mm. Because things are slowly starting to change mm. but it, the feelings of resentment was overwhelming mm. and what sucks about dementia is that it absolutely it absolutely left a, a bitter memory mm. you know for someone who I had known my whole life right and who had taken care of me mm. and who would you know pick me up from school mm. but my final memories were just so negative that right. it really does put this melancholy kind of haze over it. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, hearing your story, I mean, oh my gosh, my heart can't even begin to grasp all of it. And as a writer myself, I know how challenging it can be to try to be creative when you're going through turmoil emotionally and mentally and all of these things how have you navigated that to still be able to create and to produce with everything that's going on around you right so I kind of had to what happened also was that when I came home I learned that my grandmother her finances were in the trash you know the mm -hmm. house was twice as much as she ended up buying for mm. we owed more on it like it was it the house was also falling apart we had termites we had you know so many things that then had to be taken care of financially that the e e emotional side of it I had to kind of not focus on because so many so much needed fixing mm. and because one of the only ways that I knew to make money was by storytelling that was just what I knew I had to put I had to put all of my effort mm. towards. Right. And so really I I studied, I became the best writer that I could because I knew that it would and it could eventually save me. Mm. Right, I hear you. 
Now, you share a lot about your experiences um, through your social media. I mean, I've seen a few of your videos where you talk through what, you know, what your experiences has, have been on any given day. Um, and, you know, just as part of your challenges and when it comes to taking care of your mom. What made you or what led you to using social media as a platform to share your experiences? Yeah, so social media has always sort of been my way to tell my story. My my first blog about stuttering, I started when I was 19. Mm. So I've always been someone that sort of documented my journey. Mm. However, once this one started, I started searching for people who had the same experiences or or something that could teach me what to do. Right. And there was very little out there, very mm. little. And I also know that there are more and more seniors who are getting diagnosed. Mm. And this is something that more and more people will eventually have to deal with. Mm. And there's so much that I had to figure out without someone telling me mm. that I knew if I could start documenting my journey, maybe all of my experiences will help someone once they get to the same point right absolutely let's talk a little bit about your work tell us about crescendo what it's about and how did you get started on that yeah so one of my friends out out here she's a singer mm. and so she um reached out and she said hey i really want to do it a web series and she wanted it to to pretty much like showcase herself mm. and so what I know about me is I was like, okay. Um, however, what I need to do is I need to write a story that personally connects to me mm -hmm. so that the story will, you know, not, um, not suck. <laughs> yes. And, and so, you know, her and I chatted a bit and we ended up 
wanting to tell the story of a woman who is woman who is overcoming her past in order to move forward. Mm. This per this particular story is not one that I've seen and I also sort of like knew what she could do and so I wrote the script sort of like molding molding the story around her mm. and so um you know it's it's so interesting because when people ask me about crescendo they say like you know people people usually expect the stories that you make to be your passion project when it's like sometimes you you make the story that you can get financed mm. and so i absolutely love and it's a lovely representation of of the work that I would like to create mm. more of. Mm. Um, it's something that for me empowering women and specifically black women is a passion of of minds mm. and so i always want to write stories that leave uh, us feeling triumphant mm. or that we can move forward or that there's more beyond Mm. the hard time that we're going through. Absolutely. And does that also kind of help you deal with the day-to-day? -day? Does it help to re-instill your faith in better days being ahead? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I writing has been more of an outlet for me than I even, you know, knew when I, you know, started mm. writing. Like right now, when I'm sad, I I write about it. When mm. I'm happy, I. I write about it. Mm. And also what writing does for me is it 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 lets me get all of the emotions that I'm feeling mm. out so that 
I'm not holding it all in because that's what makes a a person sick and mm. unable to cope and so the only way that I've been able to continue moving forward in a mentally healthy state is because I take the time to write it all out. Mm-hmm. Well, not not the only reason. Mm-hmm. My um, one of my parents also gifted me some therapy sessions, mm-hmm. and that was invaluable. Right invaluable i don't know what i would have done had i not had someone to you know just help me comb out all of the emotions that were swimming Mm. in my head Mm. absolutely i think so many of us underestimate the power of therapy and how it can help our healing and even just trying to make sense of the things that are happening within us and around us and how we kind of navigate our way through life, especially now being, you know, we're all young, we're in our 30s or late 20s and we're trying to figure life out. We're trying to figure out what it means to be an adult now in a world that's very different to the world that our parents grew up in. Yes. And we always kind of downplay just how intense that is. Absolutely. Well, what it is also is a part of me feels like the generation before us, they 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 can sometimes turn a blind I to how much society has changed yes. and and they have these you know same expectations that they have for themselves mm. however like just the introduction of technology has changed so much mm. And I mean, if if we're talking about the states, the um, monopolies, and you know the com- company sorting wealth and mm. so on, um, but so much has changed, and we kind of have to make decision to be a little bit softer and kinder. Mm. with ourselves even if others aren't making that same decision for us absolutely absolutely so what um what lies ahead for Jacqueline (laughs) 
absolutely more scripts. Mm. What's great right now is that the fellowship that I'm in right now for TV writing, mm. the they've taken great interest in some of my projects, and so I'm I'm hoping and praying that a lot more of my work will see the light of day mm. and that I will be able to impact more lives and the lives of more black people with stories that 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 have a social emotional and physiological impact mm. on how we view ourselves mm. and um that's really my my goal i am of course going to continue on my youtube channel documenting the experience of taking care of my mom mm -hmm. Okay. That is some of the work that I get the most joy from because because I understand how hard it is. Mm. And so knowing that I can help people just kind of exhale into it mm. just helps me feel like I'm making making good use of the experience that I've had so far. Right. And for people who want to check out Crescendo or your YouTube channel, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so all of my work is at jackjoyce.com j-a-c-j-o-y-c-e.com you can also um find me on on social 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 media at jacqueline joyce on twitter youtube instagram facebook you know so okay perfect um and you can also see Crescendo. We have a website for it, and it's the letter C, mm -hmm. the series dot, dot, dot com. So it's C, the series dot com. Okay, perfect. Awesome stuff, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for firstly your vulnerability and for having this conversation with me. It's such an important conversation and one that we definitely don't have enough of, especially as young people. And I can only imagine, I mean, just the snippet that you've shared with me today is I know just the tip of the iceberg of what real life is actually like for you on a day-to-day -day basis and I wish you all the best and I'm sending you so much love to you and your mom 
Um, and I, I really hope that um, this journey bears the most beautiful fruit for you. I really appreciate you having me here and allowing me to share. And so thank you for having this space. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Workplace Revolution with me, Sile Bolani. I'll see you again next time.